Welcome. Pull up a seat, grab a cup, and get ready to share, listen, and learn. This is my favorite coffee story with your host, Aniko Samoji. You'll hear about the stories about coffee itself, the history, health benefits, recipes, and more, along with some personal stories inspired by coffee and the lifestyle. Now, here is Aniko Somoji. Welcome to My Favorite Coffee Story. Listeners all around the world, we are so happy you've joined us today. We have such a fun show. We're talking about fusion and coffee with a wonderful guest from Hungary, Europe. And before I introduce Daniel Rafi, we're going to have our Anikona Farm moment. So a little bit about Anikona Farm, something so special about this farm. We have wonderful friends who come and visit with us. We have campfires on the farm. Of course, we love to pick our coffee and have fresh coffee. But in addition to all those great big breakfasts we have on the farm, we have a lot of beautiful wildlife on the farm. So just briefly, we have parrots, green parrots that fly above in the morning and then fly back from Kona Town in the afternoon. They're beautiful, bright green. Wild turkeys, these wild turkeys will roam on our farm and they're just so interesting and fun to watch and beautiful. And then on top of that, we have pheasants that will also stroll through the farm. So there's always something going on at Anikona Farm. So I just wanted to share that so you could feel that you're with us here on the farm as we have these fun moments with the birds and the wildlife. So now let's talk about fusion and coffee. Daniel Rafi is joining us from Hungary, Europe. And we're so happy he's joining us. He's a physicist and a young researcher at Wigner Research Center for Physics. That's the largest institute um, for physics, the Hungarian Center for Physics. And he's also in the process of completing his PhD. Welcome, Daniel, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much, Janipo. And I would like to greet all the listeners of Voice America. Oh, well, we're so happy you're here, Daniel. And talking about fusion and coffee is a very special topic because the world of physics is often explored through a cup of coffee. Sometimes physicists will share a good cup of coffee when they're doing those experiments, or they can talk about physics principles through either percolation or high-pressure physics and espresso or how by chance heat works or even how cream goes into coffee. So all those things, I think physics and Quite coffee... challenging are, questions. questions. Yes, <laughs> yes. Physics and coffee, has it just has a special relationship. So Daniel, if you could tell us a little bit about your early days of your career, um, some of your growing up days with your family and some favorite times there in Hungary. Sure. Yeah. So my, my physics career uh, started quite early. Uh, I'm, I got interested in physics, especially in fusion, during primary school. Well, uh, it was, I don't know, the sixth grade primary school, and my, my teacher said during a physics lesson that, uh, that we, we are able to utilize the power of the nucleus. And, you know, he brought up some magic uh, uh, formulas, uh, like E equals MC squared. Uh, yes. And it's very famous. Uh, Finding and uh, and he said that if if you just make the calculation, huge amount of energy can be produced from the from the nuclear. So uh, I, at that time, I didn't know what was going on. I was just so inter interested in the topic. So this is how everything started. So ever since I I wanted to be a physicist. 
Oh, yeah. thank you for sharing. And as you were growing up with your family, and you have a wonderful family, please share with us some some special family moments that you had in in your younger days. Ooh. <laughs> there are a lot. So yeah, so uh, I uh, I got my parents and my younger sister Hanna. Yes. And. And well, there are, there are a lot of choices here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we have a weekend house at Lake Balaton. I'm not sure if American listeners are familiar with that, but that is the largest lake uh, in Europe, and we have a, a weekend house there. So we spent almost every summer at Lake Balaton during my childhood, and Lake Balaton is very special for me still. And we still have the, uh, this weekend house, and uh, we go there regularly. So, yeah. We also like uh, family moments, to me, means when, when, when the family really comes together. So not, not yes. like just, you know, just passing each other and just saying hello, but really sitting down together and having deep conversations and, uh, you know, just, just to... To, to, to look after each other and to, uh, to, to, to understand what are the uh, situations uh, of yes. ours in life. And yeah, you know what I'm talking about, I guess. Absolutely. Sharing those family moments together uh, with your mother, with your father, your sister, uh, together, really listening to each other. I I really know that those were special moments for you together and sharing those times. When you were starting to study physics, were there certain parts of uh, the physics classes, a favorite class or a physics professor that you could share? Well, okay, so after high school, I uh, I cho- chose to go to be a physicist, which, which was, uh, at that time, I didn't know that it's, it, 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 was a, it wasn't a tough decision uh, from the decision point of view, but it became very tough. So the physics major at the university, this, I went to the Technical University of Budapest. If you know, it is Budapest University of Technology and Economics. This is the name of the university. And, uh, and the uh, physics major is very, very tough there. So, yes. so I had some very hard times <laughs> during my yes. university years, uh, but definitely my favorite part was uh, uh, doing experiments. So uh, besides the theoretical lectures, uh, and there are some practical lectures, of course, we have to do experiments uh, where, uh, you know, theory is very, very important. But when you see something happening in the lab, like really see what nature does, this is what really excites me. So this is, and this is why I chose to be experimental physicist. And I'm and I and I'm doing experiments right now uh, all over Europe, uh, fusion experiments. Those those experiment experiments. Thank you so much for sharing about that, Daniel. Uh, what were some of those research projects that you did at university that um, really were exciting for you? Uh, well, apart from the uh, uh, obligatory classes, uh, yes. at the end of uh, at the end of the uh, university, like fourth, fifth, fifth year, I, I, I joined. So there is a, a nuclear fusion group uh, at the university, and uh, and some guy left to Sweden to do his PhD. So there was uh, there was a vacancy for a student. And I went there and uh, I said, hello, I'm, I'm interested in fusion. I didn't really know m- much about the topic at that time. And, and they were very friendly with me. They gave me a project. So I started with, uh, uh, with modeling, so computer simulations. Yes. And after one year, they saw that uh, I... I but to be honest, computer simulation is not not the really uh, the most in, uh, interesting topic to me. So I really wanted to go to 
to do experiments. So then I joined uh, the Wigner uh, Research Center, uh, not officially, but uh, but uh, they sent me to do large experiments over Europe, and so this is how it started, definitely. Yeah. And and as you were doing those experiments, Daniel, I'm I'm thinking that there in Budapest there is wonderful coffee, and there are some special cafes probably close to the Wigner Research Center for Physics. Did you have a place, a favorite place to go while you were studying there and, and have a good cup of coffee? Yeah, well, uh, okay, so I have to tell that science and, and uh, university students and and academic researchers are driven by coffee. There is no question about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing works without coffee. Uh, <laughs> this is what we say here in the Institute. So it is absolutely important for uh, for this matter. Yeah. So uh, during the university, well, between classes, you don't really have time to do, go to cafes. You just go to the uh, local coffee machine and just grab something and have it. Uh, uh, the, the situation in the, in the research institute is a bit different since coffee is very important. However, the, the Wigner Research Center is situated up on the hill uh, beside Budapest. And literally, uh, so this is a huge campus, uh, about, I don't know, one and a half thousand people are working here. So this is a very, very huge campus. However, there is no cafe on the campus. And so everybody has to uh, deal with 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 this matter on its own. <laughs> so yes. we, we have a special coffee machine just beside my my office, <laughs> and uh, it is uh, nothing really special. It uh, can um, uh, make the coffee. You just push a button and it goes. And there is one funny thing about this uh, that. Uh, so we are. So it used to be like there. There was a paper sheet on the wall, and whenever you drank a coffee, you just make a tick mark, and then we we summarize at the end of the month who drink how many. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we are physicists, and we don't want to count ticks. So my, my colleague bought a Raspberry Pi, this small computer. He programmed it. And you can control it with your mobile phone. So if I press a button on my on my mobile, uh, it will make the coffee for me and do the administration. So it is very special. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Oh, that's great! Uh, we are so happy you shared that with us. How fun is that? You know, Daniel, we're about to go and have a quick break, but we were hoping to ask you for our listeners. We're really interested to hear about your PhD and how that's going. What's the thesis and the experiments that you're doing for your PhD? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure how familiar the listeners are with, with the topic of fusion. So uh, can I summarize it in like very quickly? <laughs> oh, that would be so helpful. What a great idea. Please do. So, so it is very easy uh, from one point of view. What we would like to do to mimic the sun. So the sun is producing energy with nuclear fusion. However, the, the sun is a gravitational-driven nuclear reactor, and it has to be large. The sun is very large. So we cannot really make it on Earth the way how the sun does. So we have to heat up some material so very, to, to very high temperatures, namely 100 million degrees Celsius, so very wow. hot. It, yes. it doesn't even matter if you count it in Fahrenheit or Celsius, so very, very hot. And you have to, uh, you cannot put it into a, I don't know, metallic box because the box will evaporate and your, your this is called plasma, this whole state of hot state of matter. This, this will right. cool down and, and, and the box will, will melt, so it doesn't work. So we are trying to confine this plasma in. Uh, in magnetic field. So we are actually levitate, we are, we are levitating this plasma in, in the magnetic field. So my, and my topic is to, so, so plasma is not only special 
from the confinement point of view, but also very special from the measurement point of view. You cannot put in a thermometer because the thermometer will ev- uh, evaporate immediately. So you need, you, you, you must have some very special techniques to, to investigate this special state of matter. So what we do in, here in the week there that we make special diagnostics uh, for plasmas, uh, it is called beam emission spectroscopy. We shoot uh, an accelerated uh, lithium beam into the plasma, and we can calculate the, the density of the plasma from this. So this is the this is the topic, and so I'm, I'm dealing with this diagnostic, and uh, and I can tell tell you more about the exact topic after the break. How about that? Oh, that sounds perfect, Daniel. Thank you for summarizing what you're working on and how you're doing the diagnostics on the plasma. So fascinating, and we cannot wait to hear a little bit more about it right after the break. So listeners, please join us as we come back and talk to Daniel Rafi, a physicist and young researcher at Wigner Research Center for the Physics, largest center in physics in Hungary, and we can't wait to hear more about that, Daniel. So right after the break, please join us. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We're talking about fusion and coffee with our wonderful guest, Daniel Rafi, who's calling in from Hungary, Europe. He's a physicist and young researcher at Wigner Research Center for Physics there. And we were talking about, first of all, what fusion is and a little bit about Daniel's thesis or PhD experiment that he's working on in plasma diagnostics. Thank you for sharing that, Daniel. And we were also really excited to hear about how you actually teach physics often. You'll go into the schools and you'll give presentations about fusion and physics to some of the students. Please share a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think uh, as a physicist and and, uh, so, 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 researcher who's working uh, on the field, and uh, I think it is very 
we feel it in every research institute. We have to somehow find the good people, uh, I mean, the most talented physicists, and try to attract them to, to our field. I mean, uh, I don't uh, want to say anything wrong about other professions, but of course, if, if the most talented people go to be uh, economists, uh, uh, finance, uh, and so on, Technically, the science is losing them. So the last point where you can uh, address these people is, is high school. So you really have to go to high schools and show them what... So I don't know how is it in the U.S. these days, but in Hungary, definitely, uh, natural sciences uh, has, has a very... Uh, low respect, I would say. But, I mean, it is respected, but but it is not very cool to be uh, to choose this major. So you have to go to the school and and teach these uh, show show these uh, the students that this topic is extremely interesting, and and to show them that if they choose to be a scientist, this is. Uh, this is an amazing experience because, you know, sci- the good thing about science is that you don't have to, uh, it is true whether or not you believe it. So you, you can learn something about, about nature and how it really works. Absolutely. And this is, I mean, this is the main message we would like to send to the, uh, to the high school students to, to, to get involved in, in science. I know that when you meet with those students and you talk about physics and the experiments and science and nature and energy, I know you're inspiring them not only to think about how they could maybe get involved or pursue that, but also they might learn a little bit more about the world around them. So I know you do an amazing job at that, and you have a great sense of humor that you bring into your presentations, and uh, the students must so enjoy your presentations. Do you talk a little bit about, um, by chance, your particular experiment that you're working on with energy and yes. plasma? You do? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a, uh, you mean for the students or right yes. now to you? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. with oh, sure, the students. Sure. Oh, for for the students, the stu- definitely. So, yes. I, so, yeah, so I, 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 uh, uh, I introduced them how fusion works and how the uh, experiments are going around the world and uh, what we would like to achieve. Uh, so I, I really would like to point them the, the aims, so what we want to do and how, what is the approach, uh, what are the bottlenecks. So, yeah, so, and, and to, to show them that this is really an experiment. This is nothing really in, in the experiments, what we do, you cannot buy any element in the store. It, it is all purpose made. You need not only good physicists, but the problem itself for making a fusion reactor, I would say 80% engineering problem. So we need the best yes. engineers in the world and also the best physicists. I mean, this is, this is essential for, for the topic. Yes, absolutely. What do you think about this notion that it's kind of a, a general thought that often physics and coffee have this relationship that when physicists like to demonstrate something uh, that they may actually use the example of coffee that they actually, may I, use. I, I do use it. <laughs> you do? So, oh, please yeah, share actually, with I us. I do use it. Because, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so the example is, is as follows. Uh, what will, you would like to, uh, so, uh, as I explained before, we would like to make very hot plasma, very hot state of matter, 100 degrees, uh, 100 million degrees Celsius. So, and you want to keep it hot. So how, and there are, there are two ways to, to keep things hot. And I usually explain it with, uh, uh, with, with coffee. So if you have a cup of coffee, it will cool down 
and, and you make it a cup of coffee, you put it down on your desk, and it will cool out in, I don't know, 10 minutes, I would say. What is this? You have uh, one cubic meter of coffee. Uh, you can imagine the city, one liter, one cubic liter, or gallon. It will cool down much slower. Why? Because these are both coffees. And it is very easy, I mean, the explanation. Because the energy content of the matter uh, uh, scales with the volume. So it is the typical scale uh, on the third power. However, the energy can only go out uh, through the surfaces, which is the typical scale squared. So if you make something bigger, uh, then it will cool out slower. It is just the brute force uh, way to keep something hot. And that is why we are building larger and larger machines. And actually, if the listeners are interested in the topic, they can look up ITER, I-T-E-R, uh, .org. This is the uh, largest experiment being built in Kadarash, France. So uh, that is an amazing machine, which will be built by 2025-ish. That's interesting. As you mentioned, often it is an engineering question as well in how to build these things so that we can demonstrate sort of the physics principles. So that's that's fascinating about that. And it's it's interesting that you do use coffee as an example to demonstrate heat and share that with your students. Thank you for sharing that, especially since that's what we were talking about today, fusion and coffee on the show. So, so wonderful. And you've been trying traveling quite a bit across Europe and doing your experiments, and you've been working in Oxford and Munich and Prague. Tell us, please, a little bit about some of your experiences in those places. Yeah, first, I, I would like to explain why, why I showed up at these places, because the uh, our institute, I mean, Hungary is not a large country. It is a $100 billion GDP per year, so it is not a large country. Uh, so we cannot afford big experiments. So these experiments are usually in a 1 billion, 10 billion euro or dollars. It doesn't really matter at this scale. So we cannot afford such large experiments. So our approach to join the, the European, uh, not only European, actually, the worldwide fusion community to make special plasma diagnostics uh, and we designed them. So actually, the, the, the approach is as follows. So one experiment wants to build the diagnostics, which we build. So they ask us, because we are uh, not the only one. There is another research group in, in the U.S. in, in uh, the D3D, uh, who is building these diagnostics. But uh, for Europe and Asia, we build these. So the uh, experiments come to us and tell us that, okay, we would like to have such diagnostics. So we go there, we find out the possibilities, uh, we make some modeling, we, we make the, so how, how could it be built? And if they agree and uh, the funds are ready, then <clears throat> we design it, we put it together here in the lab, then we put it apart, put it in a box, and we ship it uh, to Munich, to Oxford, Prague, and we have also experiments in Japan, South Korea, uh, and China as well. Uh, yeah, so this is the approach. So this is how so we, we do have this diagnostic. At, uh, it, actually, the largest experiment on Earth is in, in uh, Cullum, which is a, a small village beside Oxford, so we, I have to travel two stops by the train from Oxford. And we do have an, uh, a, a diagnostic there. And uh, whenever there is an interesting experiment on the machine, I go there and I make the measurements and I come back home and crunch the data together with the colleagues. So this is, this is how the workflow is. And I, the travels have been interesting. What is the, how would you describe the coffee culture in some of those places that you've been? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. So uh, to be honest, Germans are not very famous for their coffee. They are very <laughs> famous for their beers. 
uh, at least the uh, uh, Bavarian. I hope no Bavarians are listening to this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, okay, my my the best coffee out of these places is definitely in Oxford. There is a small cafe called. Uh, can I can I uh, say uh, brand names here or? <laughs> it's uh, all or, fine. Or should, should, I, should I rather avoid? <laughs> no, that's okay. We can share these things. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so it's called AMT Cafe, and it is uh, only can be found in Oxford, and maybe there is one in, in London, but I'm not sure. And to, it, it, it is not cheap, but it is for the best coffee after Anikona, of course. What oh, I oh Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, each morning I go to the train, I have my AMT latte at the station, and uh, I, I, uh, and I go to work with, uh, uh, with the proper equipment. And that, I can picture that, definitely. Those, those travels seem really interesting, and also being able to do your diagnostics and then coming home and crunching the data. Uh, that sounds like it's working out really well. Uh, you mentioned, you touched on a little bit about the beers. What would you say is your, uh, maybe in Germany, your favorite beer or in Prague? Oh, yeah. So, okay. Uh, now, this is a challenging one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the, uh, I think the best beer is Plizen. So, Plizen work well. So, this is the Czech, Czech beer. Uh, that is absolutely amazing. Uh the, the, the Munich beer is slightly different, but also amazing. So an Augustiner uh, or a Hofbräu uh, beer is uh, is also very good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and I don't want to uh, leave out the the uh, the uh, British ales because those are very special. But that is not beer; that is ale. Ale, yes. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing, Daniel. We've been having so much fun chatting with you and and really have enjoyed hearing about your travels. And when we come back after the break, listeners, and uh, Daniel's going to be sharing a little bit about his time in the U.S. when he traveled to the U.S. and some of his favorite memories and what might be some of his upcoming travels right after the break. So please join us, listeners. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to my favorite coffee story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line 
and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to my favorite coffee story. We're talking about fusion and coffee today with our very special guest, Daniel Rafi from Hungary, Europe. And Daniel is a physicist and young researcher at Wigner Research Center for Physics there in Budapest. And we were just talking about how some of Daniel's research takes him to places like Oxford and Munich and Prague. And what about, a little bit about the coffee culture is that's there as well. And now we would love to ask Daniel about, he's also traveled to the U.S. and how those travels were and some of your favorite memories, Daniel, when you were in the U.S. Please share. Yeah, I've been to the U.S. twice. So first I was, it was 1997, so I was, I was a child with, with a family, but uh, that was absolutely unforgettable. Uh, because uh, San Francisco, San Jose, Monterey, uh, so this this part of the U.S. But it's been a while. The other travel was, was actually ten years ago. Well, time flies by, and yes. I applied. Yeah, this, yeah, that was a, uh, a quick summer experience. So I, I applied for for a job to be a, a lifeguard beside pools. And the, nearby yeah. Boston, and that was uh, uh, quite an adventure. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was adventurous, definitely. It was during my, my university years. Well, what I learned beside uh, the pool sitting there eight hours a day, that uh, I really have to learn and do science. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So then... then uh, uh, after after finishing this job uh, there, I flew through uh, San Francisco visiting uh, Tomás and Agni, my uh, relatives, and Tomás yes. and Monica, and uh, we had a amazing time there. So it, it was the U.S. is a very very special place, and what I was absolutely amazed that. Uh, However, U.S. is one country, but the life is extremely different. Uh, so this co- the contrast was huge between, between East and West Coast uh, yes. in many perspectives, but I don't want to go into the details. But this was, uh, I remember that it was absolutely shocking to me, uh, but I had a great time there. And thank you for sharing about that. Daniel, do you have any upcoming travels planned? Uh, definitely, yeah. So I will go to Oxford, uh, depending on the schedule of the of the experiment. Uh, it is delayed by two months each month, so <laughs> we don't we don't know really uh, when we are about to start. Um, I'm going to a conference to Prague, so yet just within Europe, but I'm really would like to go to to visit US. Uh, soon. We would love to see you, Daniel, definitely. In addition to all your amazing fusion work and um, diagnostics and looking at how we can promote energy for for humanity, you also have interesting hobbies that you do. And I know that you're a good skier and you sing in the choir there. Um, in your hometown, and you do a lot of bike riding. Tell us a little bit about your hobbies. Uh, well, science is my hobby, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but when I'm out of my office, uh, I really love to ride a bike. Uh, I have a, I don't know, I, I have to make the math, like four, 14 miles ride uh, around my hometown, I can make it in one hour, so it's not too serious, but, you know, it's just a good starting. And when I can get away from, from work uh, during the winter time, I do ski and I do snowboarding. So uh, I usually go to the Alps 
and uh, okay, skiing is, is is my maybe that's my absolute favorite. Uh, about about the singing, well, uh, I joined the choir of my hometown's music school when I was thirteen, maybe. So it's been a while. I'm thirty-two now, so uh, maybe I, I'm I'm the oldest now in the choir, <laughs> but it's, I, I really enjoy it. So uh, you know, after a week with with full of work, full of coffee, uh, I, I go there and and you know. I feel like there is some order in the universe when I, you know, settle down, go to the choir, sing for two hours, and really uh, makes makes a frame for the week. And and what else? I play table tennis sometimes, <laughs> but I'm not very good at that. Yeah, uh, the ping pong matches and competitions within your family, I know, are very exciting. Uh, oh yeah, they are. They are very, very serious about that. Very. Yeah, serious. mom and dad play 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 table tennis each day. <laughs> yes, which is so fun. If we were to ask you, Daniel, a little bit about your. Um, future projects and some of your dreams. How would you describe that, please? Mm. This is okay. I, I I was prepared for some tough questions, but not as tough as this one. <laughs> My future. <laughs> okay, so I, I really would like to have family, definitely. And yes. I can't. I, I, you know, I'm traveling a lot, but I, to be honest, I cannot really imagine myself abroad. Uh, I really would like to spend my life in Hungary. I really love this country. Uh, the people, oh, I got all my friends here, so. Uh, I, okay, so I cannot really tell you direct plans, but you know, just yes. passes. Definitely Hungary and, and uh, yes, I'm living uh, in Budapest, but uh, whenever that happens, then I would like to move uh, back to my hometown, which is like 20 kilometers north from uh, from from Budapest, and have a nice family house there, uh, something like this. But uh, this is a very tough question. Yes, <laughs> I, know. I know. And it'll evolve, and we're excited to hear also how things are going with as you complete your PhD and you do all your good work with your experiments and you touched on um, your appreciation and love of Hungary. Tell us, Hungary has evolved in the last several decades tremendously. Please share with our listeners how you would describe uh, the change that you've seen in the last, let's say, 20, 30 years. (laughs) Okay, so... Since, since they, so since '89 when Soviet Union went down, I mean, a lot of things have happened. So uh, I think uh, another hour or another ten hour interview would be enough for that. <laughs> Very true. Uh, yeah. So okay. To be, uh, yeah. So uh, to be honest, uh, when 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 things are evolving and uh, you know. The, the life quality going higher and higher slowly, you cannot really experience it. But I can tell you uh, one story that I've been last year, November, Ukraine, uh, and Ukraine is, na- is a neighboring country with Hungary. So, and you cannot imagine the contrast. You go through the border and you go back 30 years. So you, you, and at yes. that point, you can feel that the situation in Hungary is, is very good. From, yes. From, so, yeah, I, I'm not saying, so we are not uh, on the Western you know, European living level, definitely, but uh, we are, we are uh, on the good track towards that. Absolutely. I, I have experienced... Um, through our travels and visits to Hungary, beautiful progression. And every time we have the privilege and the honor to be there, we see 
such positivity and maybe because you're living there regularly, we come and see snapshots of that yeah. progress. Yeah. And it's it's truly remarkable. So thank you for sharing about that. And you had the element of where you would organize music festivals there in Hungary and Budapest. <laughs> uh, and okay. I don't know if yeah. you're still doing that, but please share a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, may, maybe some of the uh, U.S. listeners are uh, familiar with the Sigetor Island Festival. This is the largest music festival in Europe, which is organized uh, each August uh, in Budapest. And uh, uh, we, as the research, uh, Vienna Research Center, we participate there with a, a so-called nuclear tent, where we sitting down with the, uh, with the uh, citizens of the Siget and during the day, and we share uh, uh, our experiences and share the knowledge about fusion. Uh, and this is how, I mean this is another approach to to find the young generation and try to uh, orient them towards science. Uh, this is not only the, the, the only, this is the largest festival, but there are another, I don't know, six festivals in Hungary, summer festivals where we participate uh, this way. How fun. Do you have a favorite band or favorite music that you love? <laughs> Most of them are not uh, playing anymore. So <laughs> to be honest, when I go to the festival, I don't even check the lineup. Because I, I cannot follow the new. Uh, I, I, I know I'm old. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got some favorite brands: uh, Nirvana, uh, Metallica. Uh, I'm basically a rocker, but I, I, I'm I listen to everything literally. So I listen to classical music. Yeah, but this is not really the connected topic with the. Uh, Yes, and you also play the guitar nicely, and and uh, I I think you may also like the band Guns N' Roses, if I'm not mistaken, which is which is. Oh yeah, oh yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah. I've been to their concert in Prague last July. I think that was the concert of my life. Oh, Uh, they, they played more than three hours in a row without stopping. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I was not, uh, I mean, they are not youngsters, to be honest, and I did not expect anything, but what happened there, that was magic. So, yeah, Guns N' Roses. I'm a Guns N' Roses fan, definitely. <laughs> yes, yes. And if we were to ask you, Daniel, about your favorite places in Budapest, what would your favorite place list look like? Uh, favorite place for for what exactly? Okay, <laughs> okay well, you can just you can decide how how what your favorite places are. Okay, my okay, my favorite part of Budapest is is the castle district during the night. So during the day, it is uh, loaded with uh, uh, with people, uh, with tourists and uh, and people from Budapest. But after ten o'clock p.m., you can walk through the whole castle district without meeting anyone, and and the view on the city from there uh, absolutely astonishing. So. Uh, Who's been here? I guess they experienced it already. Who didn't come to Budapest, uh, visit the castle district during the night? Uh, This is my advice. (laughs) That is a beautiful spot, especially how it's lit up and how you can see across the Danube and the bridges. And thank you for sharing that with our listeners. And uh, before we close here, we have... We'd love to, as we've been talking about fusion and coffee and how you got involved in physics, and 
a little bit about your personal journey. We've been so grateful to you for all the inspiring stories you shared with us, Daniel. We'd love to ask you um, what fusion might look like in the future. What, what would you speculate it to look like um, as we close here in the next minute or so? Okay, so the problem here is that the human kind will, will run out of, uh, of uh, energy sources. And, and actually, fusion is the only hope <laughs> for, for the far future. So I don't want to say big words, but, but this is extremely important for, for the human kind. So I think putting any penny, every penny into, into research uh, will pay back. And uh, hopefully we'll have a working reactor by 2050. This is, this is, this is my forecast, but uh, a bit optimistic, I would say. Well, and you certainly are doing amazing work, and we're grateful to you, Daniel, for all that you're doing with your experiments to really help us with our energy needs. So we are extremely appreciative, and thank you, and we wish you all the best with your experiments and with your completion of your PhD and your travels and your diagnostics. So all the best to you, Daniel, and we're really grateful to you that you've joined us today. So thank you so much. And Thank you, Anikul. Uh, oh, thank you so much. It's been such an honor to have you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today on another fun and interesting, inspiring My Favorite Coffee Story show talking about fusion and coffee, the relationship between physics and coffee that Daniel Rafi so kindly shared with us, and also how working on our future energy needs is so important. So that, that has just been so inspiring. And of course, listeners, we'd love to continue the conversation. You can always send us questions at radio at myfavoritecoffeestory.com and of course at anitkona.com we always offer offer our listeners our 15% gift for being part of our My Favorite Coffee Story family so thank you again for joining us it's been so wonderful to be together Uh, in the meantime we wish you a wonderful aloha and a relaxing week aloha Thank you for taking an hour out of your busy week to join us on My Favorite Coffee Story. Please tune in again for another edition with your host, Aniko Samoji, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we hope you'll have a relaxing week.